As a thankful recipient of many, many skincare products over the years, I've learned to discern what is naturally actually activating my skin to rebalance and recalibrate on its own. That's what your skin is meant to be doing, and it keeps getting disrupted by all these choices that we make. So, when the founder and creator of Herbal Face Food reached out to me, I was all ears. I didn't know why at first. It turns out that Herbal Face Food is the most potent antioxidant skincare line on the market today, period. The raw plant ingredients in each of their products are never processed, never manipulated with synthetics or emulsifiers. These anti-aging botanicals are combined with the most precious plant concentrates, and they have changed my skin. Here's how. I'm going to talk about two of the products, the Herbal Face Food Serums and the Cream. The serums contain powerful phytoenzymes and antioxidants. These are activated and infused into your tissues. They hydrate and increase the resiliency of your skin, and they feel like they're plumping up your face. I use Serum 1 daily. I use Serum 2 when I'm tired and I need extra firming for my skin. And I use the X, which is also known as the Cure, for a small patch of rosacea that flares up every now and again, which you cannot see because of these products. When you feed your skin with herbal face food, you will feel real live ingredients at work. An activating flush, an invigorating tingle, some warmth, all of these are evidence of your skin healing at the cellular level and years of damage reversing. The cream is the most potent moisturizer I've ever tried, and I've tried them all. I live in the high desert. This cream contains 102 of the world's most powerful anti-aging botanicals and is also the world's first and only edible SPF <laughs> with a protection rating of SPF 50+. Plus. And this is accomplished 100% by plant power. And you can expect intense hydration, soothing for your tired skin. You can expect to see inflammation calmed and rebuilding of elasticity so your complexion looks and feels more smooth, and more radiant. Herbal face food is not plant-based. It's plant-powered. It has the highest rating on the ORAC anti-aging scale. ORAC means oxygen radical absorbance capacity. I never knew what that meant before. Highest, over 30 million on that scale. By contrast, vitamin C in skincare rates under 100,000. Herbal face food is using all post-consumer recycled materials and packaging. They use glass and aluminum, which is super easy to recycle as well. The products and packaging are 99% free of plastics. They contain no ingredients that involve the destruction or harm of any plant, animal, or marine life. These are 100% plants only, these products. These active concentrates are coming from the seeds, the fruits, the leaves, or the flowers of the plants only. These products have been a complete revolution for me. I know that you will love the way your skin looks and feels after using it even for just a day or two. And the best part is that Herbal Face Food has offered us, you, my community, a code to receive 20% off forever, ever. The code is capital E-L-E-N-A 20. Once again, that's my name in all caps, ELENA2020. The site is herbalfacefood.com. The code is all caps ELENA20. It's not just your first purchase, it's any purchase. You will love these products, and I am so grateful 
herbal face food for the change that you have made in my life. Thank you. Welcome to the Practice You podcast. My name is Elena Brower. Together, we'll explore and enjoy content and conversations around mastering transitions. In our relations, our wellness, our careers, our families, and especially in our missions and visions. You are invited to learn and love and listen with me. Welcome to Practice You. Welcome back to the podcast. I have with me today one of my dearest friends, the one, the only Mickey Agrawal. Mickey is a social entrepreneur. She is, she's so many different things. How do I, how do I even talk about you? She's an author. She's an environmentalist. She's a mother. She, this is all off the top of my head. I'm not reading right now. She is a designer of some of the most important products of our time. Most notably your favorite period underwear. Thanks. And even more notably, your favorite attachable bidet, which if you don't have one, you have to get one. It's under $100. It's called the Tushy, <laughs> one of my favorite words. Mickey, it's really a true pleasure to have you on here. You and I have been friends for quite a number of years. Uh, you've always impressed me. I love you very much. I love you too. And, and, I, and I think like one of my favorite things is that Jonah, your beautiful boy, yes. loves the tushy. <laughs> he loves the tushy. We yeah. all do. No, no, no. We all do. Mm-hmm. For, I mean, I don't know where, as soon as I move to, since the advent of the tushy, I've moved, I can count how many times I've moved because I know how many times we've had to unhook and rehook up the tushy. Uh, three times, four times, excuse me, four times. Yeah. Thank you let very me know much. You, let me know if you need the whole kid and caboodle. I'll send you like the tushy tissue stand. I'll send you our um, tushy ottoman, which is like way more beautiful than the squatty pot. I'll just send you the whole kit. Just send me your dress. I am yeah, going to do that. Kit. I'll send you our, our, our the, the softest organic bamboo towels. Like literally, like it feels like butter. I'll send, I'll send you the whole kit. Excuse me. I didn't even know that was happening. <laughs> oh my God. And now I have the, now I have the space to set it up. You know, in New York, I, know. I don't think I had that kind of space, but here I have a little more space. Oh my God, that's so exciting. You might get hooked up, girlfriend. We are, we are all very thankful over here. Um, <laughs> I want to start with Cornell because we share an alma mater. You, what, Go Big you, Red. what year did you graduate? Go Big Red? Oh, one, 2001. Oh, oh my God. I'm nine years older than you. I love it. You literally look younger than me, so it's fine. I don't know about that. Um, were you always this creative? Were you always this visionary? Do you feel like that came along at a, at a later stage, or did it start early? I mean, I think one of the one of the most you know, I've, I've thought about just the question of creativity a lot, just because um, it comes up a lot, and and I, and I think I owe a lot of permission to be creative to having um an identical twin sister who you know we both like like we you know we we grew up in a very middle class in suburb of Montreal Canada and and we shared a bedroom for 
12 years of our life in a bunk bed. And for, well, first of all, they didn't know I was going to be born. I was the bonus kid. They didn't know I was going to be born a month until a month and a half before I was born <laughs> um, because I was hiding behind my sister in the ultrasound. And so they couldn't ever find me. And then I was a month and a half before. They already bought the house. It only had two bedrooms, one for my older sister and one for my sister, my twin sister. But then I was born. And then so now they, my dad calls me Bonas, you know, Bonas, come here. <laughs> Bonas. Your dad's from Bonas. India, right? My dad's from India, mom's from Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So dad, their nickname is Bonus. So I think like we just grew up like playing a lot in our room, like together mm-hmm. all the time. Like, and we had like one doll each. Like I had Skippy, she had Gansey. And um, we had a lot of books, but we didn't have a lot of, ton of, a ton of toys. We had like a couple of dolls. And then, so I had my favorite doll, Skippy, she had Gansey. And we would just play, tell stories and stories and stories of like Skippy did this, and then and then Gansey came in, and Gansey flew in from the whatever, and then Skippy, you know, like it was just you know that whole thing. I need for a picture like, of the show. yeah. I, I'll send you a picture of directly, Skippy please. We still have them; they're in our house in Brooklyn. Andrew had better not give those away. Um, <sighs> yeah, and so um, yeah. You better right text. Now. You better text Andrew right this second about Skippy I'm actually and Gansey. Not give away Skippy and Gansey or else. Yeah, thank you for that. Two little dolls. Yeah, those two yeah. need to go into like some piece of art. I know it's it's they're my they're literally my prized possessions. Oh um, and yeah, so so I think like you know, and then my third sister is 11 months older. She's always kind of like doing her own thing. Um, but we also, the three of us were, were very, we did a lot of things together, playing sports and all of that. But I, I think from the creativity perspective, just the, we just gave each other so much permission. And then as we got older, we just, you know, my sister would say like, I have an idea. What do you think about this? And I would say like, oh my God, that's literally the best idea I've ever heard my whole entire life. Mm. And then, like, okay, I'm going to go do that. And I'm like, I, I'll support you. I will clap for you. I will do, you know? Yeah. And so kind of just like, like we had like a, a buddy that always cheerleaded each other in our creative pursuits. And it was never like, that's a stupid idea. Go become a doctor. You know what I mean? Like right. it was always like, I love that. So I think, I think, I, I think, you know, if we all have, it doesn't have to be your twin sister. It could be like a close friend, even a sibling, you know, could, could be, could be anyone that just gives you permission to fully express and then like helps you magnify that expression. One thing that I really love about watching you, I've seen you speak a number of times both on product and on leadership, I love the fact that you are pretty much known for your quote unquote inappropriate behavior as a leader. It's something that really turns me on. It (laughs) it totally does. It has given me a great deal of confidence to watch you (laughs) speak. I'm serious. And whenever I do, I come away with massive ideas for how I want to show up in the world with my giant team, uh, with anyone, really. I know you have like, what, like 37,000 people that were, I mean, that's insane. It's it's a little more. But what I I want to say is, what I want to say is, at what point did you find yourself feeling enough confidence that you could get up in front of the world and create pretty much only products that are basically taboo? (laughs) <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's that it's the permission. A, it's like, the, it was, like, it was the call it naive permission <laughs> of, of my sister. But also I just think that like, I, I do think that when you grow up with someone so close where you're, where, where you cannot be in quotes, like 
you know, like ruined by societal conditioning in, in a lot of ways where we're like, we're like put in a box because of social pressures and societal pressures when, you know, I think I've, I've had the, the blessing of having, like I said, a, you know, like a, an accountability buddy from a lens of being my true self for my whole life. And I think because of that, like talking about things that are societally taboo is just bizarre because it shouldn't be like nothing should be off limits to talk about and to discuss, especially as it relates to the human condition, the human body, right. especially as it relates to, you know, the thing that creates human life, a woman's period, or something that every human does poop. And, and something that, you know, from the point you're born, like your parents talk about the kid pooping, like constantly. And then all of a sudden one day it becomes taboo to talk about. It's just strange. And I think like, you know, if we all just agreed to, oh, well, this is just the way it is, then I don't think there there would ever be a lot of positive change. And I think those who um, often do find, a, you know, the, the the strength or courage or whatever to to just speak their truth or to be like, why is this weird? Is because they've been given permission and the freedom to do so. And I, and I don't take that lightly. And I think, you know, having, an, you know, like I said, an accountability buddy who's like, why are you acting like that? You know, like when you're a teenager, you're trying to be like cool or you're trying to fit in and then the person who knows you best like is like looking at you all funny because you're trying to be cool and that's just not who you are mm -hmm. and then you're like and then you kind of are you snap out of that version of yourself that you're trying so hard to fit in and then you just continue to be yourself and then you have somebody constantly being like why are you acting like that or why are you saying like that you're just trying to you're not being yourself yeah so i just think that's so important there are two things that are right now really on my heart to talk about one is the realization that you'd been assaulted sexually at college and never really managed it until quite recently yeah yeah and, and i'd like to start there and then i want to go on to the sort of professional hurdles that you've surmounted which will inspire my listener greatly absolutely yeah so um you know my freshman year in college at cornell i was sort of um just again, super naive, super trusting. And, um, you know, like would work out at the gym. I played soccer at Cornell all four years and, um, you know, had met like all the other teams, like football players and other soccer teammates and all this stuff. And we'd all work out in the gym together. And then, you know, and then that's it. We would, we would go about our, our, our lives in school. And then, um, and um, one day I was studying for computer science. And I remember like, um, and by the way, this is the very first time I'm ever sharing this story out loud. And it's, my heart's kind of beating a little bit fast. Mine but it's is actually, too. No, I'm it's proud really, of you. Keep going. Yeah. Um, so, so, so my freshman year, I was taking this class called, called computer science, um, which was like learning Java programming, which was one of the hardest uh, like classes ever. And I, I had not been one of the programming types of people. And so I had to do so much extracurricular work and extracurricular, um, you know, just like after school stuff to just keep up to all the people who've been doing this their whole lives. And so one day I was working late to like two o'clock in the morning on, you know, in North campus. And I was walking home at, at like two o'clock in the morning from North campus. And, um, and, and then I, and then like, I hear the voice, like this voice, like, Hey, shorty. And I was like, Oh, Hey. 
And I turn, I turn over and it's this uh, guy on the football team who I've seen in the gym a bunch of times. And he's like, what are you doing walking home so late? And I was like, oh, you know, I just came from, you know, studying computer science, like I'm great. And then he goes, uh, he goes, my mama would never let me let, you know, a young lady walk home alone from school. And I would just say, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm a soccer player. I could squat like basically 200 pounds. Like at the time, like I'm good. Um, and he just kept insisting, no, no, no. My mom would never let me let, you know, a young lady walk home. Let me call you a cab. Let me call you a cab. Let me call you a cab. Let me call you. And finally I was like, all right, all right. Okay. Like, no problem. Thank you. I appreciate it. I don't need it, but all right, fine. So he, we, we walk into his dorm room and he, um, he picks up like, you know, like, remember the, remember those like rotary phones at like the school in like Very well. Dorm? There was one on every desk. In yeah, the, the beige, yes. you know, beige colored, exactly. It was beige. So he, yeah. And then he picked up the phone and he like dialed some number and he, he like, he's like, seat's busy, seat's busy, seat's busy. And I was like, the cab place is busy. He's like, yeah, it's busy. Like, I, like it was clearly like, it was some kind of a tap. I don't know. Like he, he dialed some number and he said, this phone is busy. And I, and at the time I just didn't think anything of it. I was like, okay, cool. No problem. I'll walk home. He's like, nope, you're staying. And he like closes the door. And I was just like, okay, whoa. And he, um, and I, in my head, I'm like, wait, is this a, tra-? like, I was still naive because I'm like, I know this guy, like, this can't be a thing. But he's like, no, he's like, you're, you're sleeping over here. I have to work all night. So you're sleeping in my bed tonight. And, and I was like, no, dude, bro, thank you. But no, he's like, absolutely not. I will, I'm going to the living room. I'm studying all night. So you can just take my room and just like, like sleep here. And I was like, no. And then he, he sort of got a bit threatening. So I was like, Oh, I mean, I like, (laughs) doesn't seem like I have a choice. And so I sort of like gingerly, like sat on his bed, like so uncomfortably, but I didn't, you know, I was 18 years old. Like I didn't know what the hell was going on. And then I, it was so late and I was just tired. And I was like, all right, I mean, I'll, and he goes, don't worry, I'm leaving. And so he like closes the door and leaves. And so I'm just sitting in there in this room and I'm like, all right, like, do I just leave? Like, but I I got scared. And so I just sat there and then I eventually like laid down for a second because I was tired. And then the next thing I know, he's like, like barges into the room, locks the door. And he just like starts like feeling me up and doing all this crazy shit. And like, luckily I was squatting 200 pounds. And so my legs were like super held tight together. And I didn't, um, I, you know, like, you know, he was a super big football player, but he couldn't get inside. So it was just really Mickey. for like four hours. Yeah. It was like a four hour thing. And then at like six o'clock in the morning, the sun was like peeking up out, for, out of the, like the horizon. Yeah. And then, I was like the like the roadrunner where I was like, whoa, I like shut up and then sprinted out the door because I don't know how I was like, I don't know how like I this what what just happened. And I remember like running home and you grabbed then, all your stuff and everything in that short period of time. You just boom. I just I just picked up and I had like I think I had my backpack or something. I just like grabbed and just sprinted out the door. Great. And and, and I remember going home and taking like a two hour long scalding hot shower and then like crying. And it was so interesting because after that, I was like, all right, like that just, you know, like that nothing happened. Like it was, I mean, overall, like it was, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like nothing really happened. So like, I feel 
like, I'm not going to talk about this ever again. Like, I'm not even going to, you know, bring it up or say anything because I just didn't know, you know, it's like I didn't have any tools or any understanding of like what to do or who to go to. And it was so shameful. Like I felt ashamed because I put myself in that position, right? Like even if it wasn't really like I was trying to be like polite and then all of a sudden I'm like, you know, in this position. And so I felt a lot of shame for being like, oh, I'm so such an idiot. So I'm like, I'm not going to like, like, you know, so I actually didn't talk about this for, I don't know, or didn't even, I didn't even like process it for, I don't know, 30 years or something or no, no, not 30 years. Cause I was 20. I would know I was 18 when it happened. And then I started working with our coach, our, our, our mutual coach, Lauren Zander when I was 35. Yeah. 35. So for the next, basically, yeah. What is that? What's 35 minus 18? <laughs> Two Cornell girls. <laughs> it's around 17 years later that you go yeah, ahead yeah. and process 17, 17, 17, 17. <laughs> What's his name? Let's get it out there. I don't, honestly, I don't even remember. I blocked it out so hard. I tried really hard to remember, but I just, I just have zero recollection. Could we look at a picture of the football team from that year? I couldn't even, I mean, 17 years ago, I couldn't even take him out of a lineup. But my freshman year in college, it was like mm. such a, it was such a blur. Like, mm. and I didn't, like, I don't, I, I, I'd like, I mean, may, actually, may, I don't know. Like, I just don't even, I'm like, I have no interest. I genuinely don't want to do that. Okay, got it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, so I, so 17 years later, Lauren, our coach basically like asked us to write our 10 darkest hauntings in our life that we would take to the grave. Like, what are some of the things that happened to us in our lives that we would take to the grave? And I was like, oh, this story. And I hadn't even necessarily thought about it or, or, or like, like thought about it cognitively. But what I then figured out after I wrote it down was like, wow, every time I feel like violated in any way or feel really bad or feel, you know, something, I take a really hot, shower. And I know that's kind of like, you know, like, like a lot of people do that in general, but I, I, I feel like that it began when, when that happened when I was 18. So I kind of was like, oh, wow, that's really interesting that, um, that maybe that there's a correlation there. And I didn't really think about it cognitively, but maybe in my body I did. Yeah. That's absolutely yeah. what happened. Yeah. Wow. And I find knowing this story cursorily, now I know it fully, and knowing what you endured as a founder of a company taken advantage of by certain people that you hired. Um, I don't know how much yeah. or a little of that story, but I feel like there is a correlation between that and this that will likely never happen again. Yeah. Tell us. Yeah. Now, what, what I can say about this this story, which, you know, like, I, you know, legally, you know, it's, it's just, you know, like some people just have this as their thing to just come after you over and over and over again. And so like, I'm, uh, I'm just sort of, you know, like what I can say about this is that people who, so I've been, I've been, I've experienced sexual assault in my life. And I will also say that people who falsely accuse people of sexual assault, sexual harassment, are as guilty as people who sexually assault somebody because that is also some, you know, like something that I, I, I understand very, very personally. And, 
and it's it's as violating as being sexually assaulted sometimes even more violating because it's it's your good name that's being sort of tarnished in the world for something that just simply did not happen in that way and so i've experienced you know like those things personally and i will say that you know especially those who adorn the feminist shirts and the vagina necklaces and shout from the rooftops about liberating women and if they're the ones who are falsely accusing people of sexual assault sexual harassment for self gain that to me is the most unfeminist thing someone can do the most it gives me the chills thinking about that yeah the disgusted yeah. So, chills yeah so i so i definitely feel for the 5% of people who have been falsely accused. And I also feel for the 95% of women who are telling the truth and who have been victims of sexual assault and sexual harassment. Um, and I feel for, feel for both of them deeply, deeply from a personal level. Yeah. And so moving on from that, what I found really impressive about you is watching you go through that and get to the other side of that. While I was pregnant. (laughs) While you were pregnant. It's just so, it was just so, the allegations were so preposterous at the time, and I was so frustrated watching you have to go through it. And, you know, there was nothing that anybody could do except to just be there and support you in any way that we could. Um, Yeah, I will say my, I will say the community, you you know, you and everybody, everybody um, was just, I think got me through that crazy is this real life time where it's just like looking out the window being like is this real life like I yeah. it yeah. was such a crazy and of course I was also extremely hormonal from being pregnant that it was like extra like what the actual you know yeah. and yep. um and you know a lot of it had to do with you know like like people like wanting to control my business as well I built a you know a big big company and you know, powers that be wanted to control it and take, take, take control of it. And, you know, they, there's, you know, those hands were also not clean in, in this process of, of, of this whole experience. And so that's something I, you know, one day we'll, we'll talk about, but. um, I can't wait. When's the statute of limitations up on that shit? Yeah. 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 Seven years. How, what is it? Four years? Well, yeah. I mean, it's just how much, you know, how much money in legal I'm willing to spend to fight, you know, for oh, my, I see, my I see, I see, I yeah, see. Yeah. So uh-huh. it's just more like, I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to, to, you know, speak my truth and have to deal with the legal ramifications, mm-hmm. you know, speaking about, you know, specifically the, the powers that be not sure. necessarily this, this, um, lower experience, but, um, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, it's there's a lot of, you know, like there's a lot of things that I had to sign out of, you know, like just in order to like get health insurance because I was pregnant and all these things, which absolved a lot of the people who said the bad things, you know. And so, I so couldn't... you you because you needed to get certain services, you actually had to absolve them in order to get. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah. 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 So there was a lot of things that had to, had to happen in, 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 in order to just like, you know, keep, keep living my life in a safe, safe way where I felt like, you know, 
that I was protected and that my, my, my unborn child was okay and all of that. So there was just a lot of, a lot of messed up things that went down that I learned a lot from. And I, and I actually now see a lot of these people, including, you know, um, you know, these, these, you know, like the, the employees, board members, all these different types of people, I, I see them as, as actual, you know, I call them, you know, my angel obstacle creators <laughs> where, you know, they were put on earth to create these obstacles for me as part of, you know, um, uh, my journey to learn and to grow and to, to really, um, uh, to really figure out what, what is the best way to build a company in a way that's both trusting and still loving for my end, but not be taken advantage of. Um, right. and, and so I'm just, I'm actually genuinely grateful for the freedom that was created from this experience and then led me to build an even bigger company with Tushy mm. and do it the right way with the right people and, um, right leadership in place and senior people and people have experience versus just a bunch of young 20 somethings who think they know everything, which they just, you know, it's just not true. So right. it's kind of one of those things, right. I keep thinking about where it's like, you know, the older you get, the less, you know, <laughs> the less you think, you know, you know, and the I less, you like know, you know, it's true. The less you know, you know, yeah. The less, you know, the less, you know. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and so, and so I feel like a lot of, you know, when you're dealing with a lot of like, you know, like bypassy types, you know, who in their young, early, you know, twenties. Um, it's just, it's just a lot of lessons learned, just a lot of lessons learned. Yeah. And, and also in myself, like I learned a lot of lessons about my own leadership and my own emotionality and how I really, you know, I, I'm an empath. And so I take, I take on other people's energies and that's oftentimes not necessarily the best from a, for me, for my businesses, from a CEO's perspective, which is why when I built Tushy, I put a CEO in place who's, you know, pretty just level all the time in the same exact way um, versus more of an artistic, you know, em emotional, empathic person um, where I want everyone to feel included, everyone to feel everyone, you know, to um, all of that. And if someone's unhappy, it really hurts me and I feel bad. And then I, it's just a whiplash and it just, it's really, it's a lot to manage. And so to have, I, I learned that I'm not necessarily the best at managing people. Um, and so I'd rather, you know, put people in place who are really good at that and who really love that and who, you know, are, you know, more sort of have their energetic wetsuit on where, where if someone has a bad day or is being negative or being whatever, that they're not letting it get to them. Whereas for me, you know, like if someone was like, if I would say like, hey, how are you? And they'd say, tired. Like I would be like really annoyed by that or hurt by that or frustrated by that or just feel bad that that's how someone would respond, you know, to me or something I get like that. that. You know? No, I get it. I get it. It's your, it's your baby. And so put the grownups in charge. Exactly. So it's just, yeah, I mean, not that, you know, not that I'm not a grownup, but I just know what I'm. I'm, I'm best at it. I think I learned a lot from that experience of like what, um, you know, what I'm best at. And I think what I'm, what I'm best at is, um, is really being the creative force and the visionary and the, and sort of, you know, coming up with a, the whole brand identity and mm. like breaking the societal taboo and like, what is the best strategy from a high level marketing and then, you know, you know, creative PR and then, and then, and then building the best team 
to go in and really execute um, and also have a lot of incredible ideas as well. So right. it's just with a lot of ex- people with a lot of, a lot more experience this time. So um, yeah, I, 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 I mean, every single thing that I needed to learn, I learned with the, with the last company, but you know, it was um, certainly not fun to be like dragged through the mud publicly. Yeah. Um, we all you know. knew that it wasn't true. I mean, no, I, 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 yeah. And also, you know, the, the, the truth is I've actually never been bullied in my life because I had a twin sister and I've always had um, someone with me. And I think, you know, what was so interesting for me, it was that because I'd never been bullied before, I never really could empathize with people who've been bullied. I'd just be like, come on, just move on. Fuck those guys. Let's keep going. Versus like really helping them, you know, kind of first heal from that and then, you know, like move forward. And so I think having gone through what I did, like, I remember like this, this probably the most powerful moment in my, in my entire like emotional life was when I was laying in my bed on my, uh, in my apartment crying in my pillow, so pregnant and just being like in the eye of the storm when every awful thing was being said about me. And, and I was just like, just sobbing. And then I had this like out of body experience where I kind of became this like, 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 like a Whoopi Goldberg, like in the movie ghost where you kind of like, like exit and enter these people's bodies. But I actually exited my own body and Mm. became this like little like fly on the wall, looking at myself sobbing in my pillow And then I was like, oh my God, I get to feel the depths of despair, of anger, of betrayal, of sadness, of pain, of torture. I get to experience these feelings in this one short and precious life. And oh my God, that's so incredible. And I, and I started laughing. And then so in my pillow, I was like cry laughing, like ugly cry laughing, like a crazy person. But it was like this such a existential moment of like, wow, like I, I get to expand my emotional capacity before I die, I get to feel everything before I die and not be just confined to this box of like everything's great and everything's wonderful. And you know, I get to really, really like, you know, there's that um, I think it's the Wordsworth quote. Or is it Wordsworth that says like, I want to skid to my um, death, skid to death door. I want to skid to my it's hold on. Hunter S. Thompson, sorry. Hunter S. Thompson said, um, life should not be a journey to the grave with the intention of arriving safely in a pretty and well-preserved body, but rather to skid in broadside in a cloud of smoke, thoroughly used up, totally worn out, and loudly proclaiming, wow, what a ride. (laughs) That's so good. Yeah. And so- So I think that like in that moment, I really understood that like, wow, I get to feel these feelings I never really got to feel before. And I got, I became so grateful for them. And then now when I meet people who've been through any type of painful, challenging betrayal or anger or all these things, I can meet them there because I felt it personally. I've experienced viscerally to the depths of my soul. So I can now like meet them there and cry with them and feel with them because I know what that feels like. And I'm so grateful for that. So grateful for that. I really appreciate that, that entire visual, because I think it encapsulates an experience for a lot of us. We've all kind of been there in some way. Yeah. The next place I wanted to go was to talk about the creativity with which you've launched Tushy. It moves me like seriously moves me. 
<clears throat> and I thought it might be fun for you to talk about it and teach us a little bit about how you sort of let your mind be so free and do what you want and how successful it was. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, I think ultimately, you know, it, it starts with just like truth, right? Like, you know, what is it that's true to us? And what is it that we're like, huh? Like, why is this weird? Like, why don't we have this before? And also it has to start with like a personal problem, I think, you know, and I think for me, when I first book Do Cool Shit, I talk about the three questions I asked myself before starting any business. The first question I asked myself is what sucks in my world? Like it has to start with me. And then the second question is, does it suck for a lot of people? Because if it just sucks for you, then it's not really an, op an opportunity. But if it sucks for a lot of people, then it's a real opportunity. So for example, for my first company, in my restaurant business, what sucked in my world having stomach aches. I would come home after, you know, working and eating out in New York, you know, all the time. I'd come home with really terrible stomach aches. And I was like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? And in my research discovered that the processed food industry and all of that. And I realized that, wow, like one in five Americans have a gluten issue. One in five Americans have a dairy issue. One in, and there's a lot of people with a lot of different ailments. So that's when I want to start my very first business, which is like gluten-free pizza place in, in New York City called Wild, um, which still is around today. So if any of you listening is in New York City, um, we do have our restaurant in the West Village um, that's open. If you can check out Eat, Drink, Wild. And it's my first baby from when I was 25 years old. And I'm so proud that it's still still going. EatDrinkWild.com? Um, yeah, EatDrinkWild.com. Yeah. yeah. Or at, at EatDrinkWild on, on Instagram because our website needs a lot of <laughs> a nice. Of nice. <laughs> yeah, nice. just go to at EatDrinkWild on Instagram. And so... So yeah, so what sucked in my world having stomach aches? What sucked in my world having period accidents? Every time I had my period, I would like bleed through my sheets and my pants and my clothes and my underwear and everything. So what sucked in my world having period accidents? Does it suck for a lot of people? Every single woman can raise their hand if you said like, have you had a period accident in your life? You know, and so that sucked in my 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 world. So and then the third question is, can I be passionate about this issue, cause or community for a really long time? So with Tushy. What sucked in my world was I had a very intense hyperthyroid condition from building my businesses, for just being in the weeds, for dealing with just high stress life in New York City, from restauranting and then to running things and then just, just not listening to my body. So I developed a really intense hyperthyroid condition, which one of the one of the side effects is that I was pooping up to eight times per day, like literally big poops. Like, and I lost eight pounds, I was down to hundred pounds. And I was, you know, my usual weight is a hundred, 108 or so. And I'm only five foot one. So, um, and so I got down to hundred pounds and I looked like, it was just like, it, like the amount of poop that was coming out of my body. Every time I ate, I would just poop all of it out and then some, and it was just crazy. And so, and, and then in the process of not only my whole system getting like really attacked, but my poor raw butt, <laughs> was just being rubbed on and rubbed on and rubbed on constantly because I was pooping so much that I, I ended, it ended up being so raw. Like I developed a hemorrhoid. I had to like jump in the shower to just like, ah, ah, ah. like, you know, when you're like, ah, ooh, ah. like yes, yes. wiping, washing my butt gingerly, tenderly, and just being like, Oh my Poor God. It's so it was so painful. And, and then for my, uh, I think it was my second Valentine's day present that my boyfriend, now my husband, Andrew got me, was like this shitty bidet product thing that he found on the internet that would help ease my, he was the only one that he found that he thought would help ease my, my pain. 
And so he installed it and he was like, look, I, you know, like here's something that can help you soothe yourself. Like what a gorgeous person, right? First of and all, what a person, what a human. Yeah. What a human. And he's amazing. I mean, everyone should check out Tribute, his business. It's the most amazing thing. We talk about that in a second, but we can. it's like literally spreading gratitude around the world. Just check out tribute.co. If you have a chance, please do. It's insane. It's amazing. Um, anyways, um, so he 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 got me this bidet thing and it and it literally changed my life to the point like I would I would be crying using it because I would feel so grateful that I didn't have to like do the whole thing of like getting in the shower and then having to interrupt my whole day. It was just like this simple thing that just, and then in my head, I was like, I am going to make the best in class version of this thing. And I'm going to bring it to America and I'm going to spread this around. And also I'm half Japanese, half Indian, you know, in Japan, bidets are in every single household in every McDonald's. Like it's in every airport, it's everywhere. It's in every restaurant, every retail place. There's a bidet in India. There's a Lota, which is like that, almost like a spray gun where you just like spray your butt with a spray gun into like, you know, into this hole basically. Um, so in both cultures, you used, you used water to properly wash yourself. You know, the, the analogy I always give is like, imagine if you jumped in your shower and did not turn the water on and just used dry toilet paper to wipe down your dirtiest bits. Like people would be like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, so why are we using dry toilet paper to wipe down the dirtiest part of our body, our butt that has bacteria and infection and E. coli, all the things that were just using dry paper and just smearing the poop around and then sitting on that fecal matter all day long. And then that for women, it, it kind of, it kind of like comes up into the vaginal canal, causes yeast infections, you know, um, UTIs, all these things, yeast inf- like uh, like um, bacterial vaginosis for for men with all the rubbing and rubbing and rubbing because they have hair back there, you know, they get hemorrhoids and anal fissures and and then wet wipes are terrible for that too. They cause anal fissures. They strip away and rip the natural oil your your natural oils from your your um your your behind and then eventually cause little micro lacerations and tears, which is what is causing anal fissures. So please do not use wet wipes. Also, it's terrible for the environment and terrible for our, our plumbing systems. I mean, they're trying to ban them in New York City. So um, so I just was like, this sucks in my world. Then I realized, oh my God, like, you know, there's 30 million people in America with chronic UTIs, hemorrhoids, anal fissures, you know, anal itching. And then and on top of that, there's more bacterial vaginosis, all these issues down there. All these people who have, you know, mobility issues who can't wipe their own butts, you know, can now have something that they they could just go to the bathroom with, with dignity and not have to do that. People who have, you know, um, people who are elderly, you know, need need to now can just go to the bathroom on their own. Like people, you know, all the environmentalists who feel terrible that we're killing 15 million trees per year, and, you know, to, to wipe our butts with them uh, so disrespectfully, you know, and right now the, the worst part is we're, we're killing the Canadian boreal forest, one of the biggest carbon sinks in the world to cut down these thousand year old trees to make toilet disposable toilet paper with them it's just for industry, for these big companies to make billions of dollars to, to actually not properly work for us. I think about it all the time. I'm like, oh, these companies have like, they own both the, the toilet paper company and the hemorrhoid cream company and the UTI vag like yeast. So like they take the whole industry because they know that the toilet paper is going to cause these infections that they're going to also own the UTIs and the hemorrhoids and the, you know what I mean? So it's disgusting, like killing of planet, hurting of human, you know, human beings, like vibes for that these companies are are doing for the sake of, of money. And, um, and there was just such a huge opportunity to support this 
massive growing movement of sustainability, of health, wellness, um, you know, citizen scientist type, you know, people around around the country and the world. And so, I, you know, I, I really thought that bidets are going to come to America in, in you know, like at some point. And I and I believe that it was going to be us that was going to do that. And and so I so I started Tushy and um, we created the best in class bidet attachment on the market. It's under a hundred dollar product. It looks beautiful next to your toilet. It takes 10 minutes to install. There's no plumbing or electrical required. It's not pulling from the water from your bowl or your tank. It's pulling from the wall, the same water you brush your teeth with. So it's clean water. It You can also hook up your, your hot water to it if your sink is next to your toilet. For an extra twenty bucks, we could we give you this Tushy Spa, which is the warm water one, and and you know um, it's and then we're launching our our our, toilet, our full toilet seat, um, which you know which includes a, a warm toilet. I'll send you the whole thing um, when it's ready. It's a warm toilet seat, warm water, blow dries your butt, the whole thing, um, and it's still like Dude, a that yeah. sounds so good. Yeah, and it's still a quarter the price of like the expensive Japanese toilets, and so right. you know we're we really, we're really excited about, um, you know, the opportunity of saving millions and millions of trees. Like to date, Tushy have saved over 5 million trees being flushed down the toilet. Um, you know, we've, we've helped divert billions of gallons of, of bleach and helped save, you know, even more gallons of water to make the toilet paper. It takes 37 gallons of water to make one roll of toilet paper. You know, the average American uses 57 sheets of toilet paper per day. It's just absurd. I mean, the waste, the waste, the consumption, it's just, it's insane. And so, you know, you buy this, you, you buy Tushy one time and in three months you're paid back from the amount of toilet paper you, you, you save. And then you, you, you're, you're saving thousands of dollars over time. You're properly washing yourself. You feel sexier, cleaner, more like, like, you know, like cool, like you just feel better. And it's just a no brainer. Like, it's like, it, it's, it's a win, win, win for people, planet, you know, and pocket, like your pocketbook. I want so, to go back to those three questions that you asked. Yes. Um, yeah. So, 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 so what sucks in my world having, you know, this awful like pooping situation with my thyroid, does it suck for a lot of people? Yes. Massive opportunity, massive market to support, to, you know, to, to give this offering to, and then can I be passionate about this issue cause your community for a really long time? Yes, because one of the things that we did, not only are we helping, you know, refor do re with reforestry projects and also soil regeneration projects and also help divert, you know, 5 million plus trees from just getting flushed down the toilet at all. We're, we're also fighting the global sanitation crisis, which is helping, you know, which is affecting over 3 billion people globally, which people don't, people poop outside, open defecate, you know, almost a billion people practice open defecation and almost 3 billion people don't have access to a safe and consistent place to go to the bathroom. And girls and women are often the ones that are the most vulnerable. And they basically oftentimes have to not drink enough water or food because they don't, they don't want to go in the middle of the day. So they end up being dehydrated, getting UTIs and all these issues down there because not drinking and passing the fluids. And then they have to wait till late at night, go in groups of women, walking up to five miles to go and relieve themselves every single day of their lives. And so for us to help support you know, we've we've partnered with this organization called Samagra that builds clean toilets um, in India to start because you know India is like the open defecation capital of the world. And so to date, we've helped sixty thousand families gain access to clean toilets. And you know that number is going to you know go up in in the you know hundreds of thousands after these next couple of years. So we're very very excited about that. I'm really proud of you, sister.
like really proud. I didn't realize the quite the scope of the whole thing. Well, well, I'm really proud um, of you. <laughs> too. You know, we both get to do our things. This is, um, I feel just the beginning of your trajectory. There is one book that I want to make mention of. It's called Disrupt Her. D-I-S-R-U-P-T-H-E-R. If you have girls in your life that are, you know, younger than you, if you're listening to this, if you have girlfriends whom you feel would benefit, this is a book that walks you through how to become a person who innovates audaciously and who disrupts the status quo in ways that are of benefit to all of us. And it's a magnificent, magnificent read beautiful book. Anything else that you feel we should touch on before we close? I mean, yeah, I will also, the, the one thing I will say that like has been a really interesting challenge for me um, has been this whole baby making process. Um, and I think, you know, that's something that maybe you might have some insights on or maybe not, but I mean, I feel like maybe, maybe there could be some good, uh, some good, uh, some good essential oils that I could take to help, to help support that. But, um, I think, you know, I have, I have a three and a half year old and I think mm -hmm. the one, um, yeah, the one place in my life that's still very interesting to me is just calling in at this next babe. So any, anything, any words of advice? you know, a couple of things that I did, I had a few, uh, miscarriages before Jonah and I was, I, I worked on one thing and one thing only which was letting go like yeah. I, deeply profoundly resting and letting go and allowing for the timing that was appropriate. Um, that yeah. was the only way I start. I wrote a letter to Jonah before he was even conceived and explained to him what he was coming in for the love that mm. was waiting for him and the, the welcome that, that was awaiting him. And yeah doing that. And I did a couple of other ceremonies with some very gifted healer friends, dancing and listening and writing and singing and moving and not trying so hard. I know. I think that's it. Like, I feel like I've done all of those things and I'm also trying too hard because I'm like, I'm also such a type A like you, Cornell, you know? And so oh, yeah. I think, I think I, it's the letting go and I'm just having such a hard time letting go. And even like, I'm like, I'm going to let go. I'm going to let go. And then it just mm -hmm. I, like, it's, you can't, you can't fake that, you know? So I just have to keep just trusting. I think, I guess that's it. I think also hero signed up to be a little bit older than his sibling. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. I don't think he's keen to be a part of a, a, du a dual show. I think he has his own show. And he will have his own teenager dumb. And when this kid comes in, Hero will actually be of great use to you and help to you. Ah, uh, that's so, you're the first person to tell me that. That is actually probably exactly right. It's what because, he needs. It's what yeah, he, needs. he is his own. He is, he needs his own time for sure. Yeah. I mean, so. he's already had a lot of it, but I think yeah. let's say he's, I don't know, four or five when you have your next kid. Yeah. That's a helper. That's not yeah. just another liability. Totally. totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Speaking, <laughs> speaking candidly. Yeah. You know, I didn't have the courage to go back for a second baby. I was just like, Oh, this is my one. We're good. 
I love it. I love that. And that's also, that's, you know, I think about you all the time, actually, because I'm like, you know what? Like, if I'm, if I just have, if I have one, that's perfect. It truly is. Whichever one is, it's all perfect. It's all perfect. And so what will be, will be. And, you know, and I, and I totally am getting, I'm, I'm like, I'm getting to that place. Like I'm getting there. I, I truly love I think I needed that insight for the for to, to close this out. Thank yeah, you. no, I that it, that came through very clearly for me, like seeing him a little bit older and you know handing yeah. you a diaper and holding yeah. a child while you're dealing with other things, you know. Yes, I don't know. It was clear as a clear as a bell. I um I love you. I respect you. I really honor who you're becoming in front of my eyes. All of that hardship for you to me was nothing short of a blessing because it's made you a softer, more, more present, more caring, um, human and friend and sister to me. And I, I'm grateful for all of that. Yeah. Love you. Love you. And listener, thank you for being here. Mickey Agrawal, M-I-K-I-A-G-R-A-W-A-L.com is her site. From there, you'll be led all around to all the other sites. If you're in New York, eat, drink, wild. If you have a tushy, mm-hmm. you go to tushy. What is the site? Tushy. Hello, not tushy.com. Tushy.com is an anal porn site. So go to hellotushy.com. Hello tushy. Hello tushy.com. We love you so much, Mick. Thank you so much. Love you. Thank you, AG1, for sponsoring the Practice You podcast. My listener, you've been hearing me talk about AG1 for some time. I think I've been taking it daily for almost three years. 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in one scoop in the morning. The best way to start your day supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and longevity, the conversation of the moment. The taste is delicious. It's suitable whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It contains less than one gram of sugar. No nonsense in here at all. It's a multivitamin that your body will actually absorb. If you are wanting to make an investment in your health and longevity, AG1 costs you less than $3 a day, far less expensive, and definitely less time-consuming than many different supplements. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient, delicious daily nutrition. And since you listen to the Practice You podcast, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-boosting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com forward slash Elena. Once again, that's athleticgreens.com.
com forward slash E-L-E-N-A. Take ownership of your health, my listener. And thank you, Athletic Greens and AG1.